0: Should you be down on the Bengals and Steelers after week one's miserable performance? And are we buying the Patriots Rams? It's time to break it down right here and right now. As was begin another edition, another week of Locked On Fantasy Football.
1: You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL Fantasy Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinnie When I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com.
1: Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst at NFL.com.
0: All right, Michelle, we're recovering, and we uh, both had a lot of uh, work we're looking at all Sunday long. The week one was a little bit uh, topsy-turvy, not what we expected across the board. In a lot of cases, some things did come through for us, so we were happy about that. But we're going to uh, have some fun with our Monday week one reactions here. We're going to play a game of trust or bust, looking at... uh, The players that disappointed, underwhelmed first. We want to get rid of the ugly, bad stuff first. And we'll get into some of the guys that uh, really came through, surprised us, or just uh, delivered uh, maybe even higher than our high expectations. So we'll look at those guys, whether we want to buy or sell them. And then an early look at the waiver wire, put that all into consideration here as we break down uh, who you should be targeting early. So, a lot of stuff, action packed show ahead. We're locked on fantasy football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in the league. We're part of Locked On Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. This episode, Locked On Fantasy Football, brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job. Free terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, let's dive right into it. Uh, we've selected some players here that were disappointing, and you probably know who they are because they were in your lineups here, and uh, you're staring at that here come Monday morning. So <sighs> that's why I'm wearing black, Michelle. A lot of things were kind of sad <laughs> this week. So we were wearing red, and we were all happy, now I'm wearing black. So All right, let's start with our three quarterbacks. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of disappointment on the board, this position. When you you know that Baker Mayfield is a top 10 quarterback, you know you're in trouble.
1: Oh, I mean, yes, but I also want to just point out that it's week one. It's going to be okay. So many things are going to change. I just very quickly wanted to run down some things from last year, week one. Carson Wentz was the quarterback three. Justin Fields was the quarterback twenty three. Do you want to hear all the running backs that were top 10 in week one last year? Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Cordell Patterson, DeAndre Swift, Cream Hunt, Dontrell Hilliard, James Robinson, and A.J. Dillon were all a top 10 fantasy running back in week one last year. And I could do the same exact thing with wide receivers, with just wild names in the top 10 for week one. So, like, don't, don't stress, all right? Don't stress too much about it. But Joe Burrow does come out against yeah. the Browns. We did think it might be a rough game for him in week one. I don't think either of us saw 82 passing yards, zero touchdowns, three fantasy points. How how are you handling Joe Burrow moving forward? Do we just throw this game in the trash?
0: Well, I think you can do that to some degree. The defense they're going to face in week two, the Ravens actually not as good as you think. I mean, you had some success for CJ Stroud. and If you had some better weapons there, I think it would have paid off. Their secondary is not very good you know, the Browns secondary is pretty darn good when they have Denzel Ward out there and Grant Delpit. And then you look at Miles Garrett on the pass rush. It's just been a house of horrors, right? Whenever he's played the Browns for some reason, maybe he puts pressure on himself. Oh, I got to win the battle of Ohio. I'm from Ohio. I better play well in this game. Maybe just uh, gets a little nervous, but I think it has to do with the matchups too. I think the Browns really match up well against the Bengals when they're full strength. And we haven't seen this defense at full strength for a while. So I think it all was a perfect storm. Literally, there was some weather in the area as well, so that looked good here. And It's not like the Browns were lighting it up on the other side either. They kind of grinded to their production. So I think you'll be okay. I think you'll see a lot of points here in this week two game against the Ravens. So I think he will have a get well game here. I think that's going to be a get well game for maybe him and another quarterback we had on our list there, Michelle.
1: Yeah. Lamar Jackson, uh, 169 passing yards, zero touchdowns through the air, one interception, just six fantasy points. The bigger issue though, really was the six rush attempts for 38 rushing yards, right? Like I know they said he might be running less and throwing more, but it's not really like he had, it's not like he was throwing a ton either. They just didn't have, it wasn't a great game for the Ravens in general. They did pull out a, a good win against the Texans, but I I will say there was just a lot of rain throughout all of these games yesterday. Like pretty much if you're an outdoor game yesterday, it was raining, which was not fun for fantasy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at this situation, Lamar Jackson, he didn't have Mark Andrews. That's going to hurt right away. I mean, when he doesn't have his top target, he usually doesn't put up great numbers. He was learning a new offense here and playing it for the first time. This Texans defense actually could be sneaky tough. I mean, they were pretty good against the pass last year. Now you get D'Amico Ryan's year, so I wouldn't go too nuts here. They're still terrible against the run, and the Ravens knew they had this game in hand, so they didn't really have to do too much here. So I think next week, Joe Burrow, potential shootout there. Both these teams are going to be looking to get a key win here in week two for the division. So these teams have played crazy shootouts before with some big numbers, and I expect that again here and again. We expect Mark Andrews to play. It looks like he was close to playing with a quad injury. So if he gets back, we were encouraged, though. Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., they seem to be real factors, and I guess with J.K. Dobbins sadly going down yet again with the Achilles, they're probably gonna need Lamar a little bit through the air and on the ground here if they're going to meet reach their offensive potential. I try to mix meet and reach there, but if they're gonna meet their offensive potential with Todd Munkin, they need this whole complete Lamar Jackson
1: yeah the one quarterback i I think i'm okay like i'm not too worried about joe burrow lamar jackson right you're going to keep playing them but geno smith is a guy i wasn't super high on this off season i did get really high on him for week one because the matchup was supposed to be amazing uh but then he comes out with this 112 passing yards one touchdown and just flat out fell on his face in week one really and it's what he did at the end of last year i mean he had four total passing touchdowns over the last four games last year average under 15 fantasy points per game I'm worried about Juno Smith moving forward
0: yeah I mean this matchup was good maybe the Rams defense is a little bit better than we think with some of these young players and you got to catch them they had a great game plan but I thought he was going to be rolling right they were up solidly at halftime and they had that nice pretty touchdown pass to DK Metcalf okay I said we're going here but Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf I don't know what happened this whole offense disappeared in the second half a lot of it also the game plan if you look at it Almost doubled up time of possession, nearly 40 minutes on the field for the Rams to only 20. If you're not on the field and you have short drives and your running game is not working, you're not going to put up a lot of fantasy points. So we'll see. It is Detroit here, but I'm not sure I'm so confident. They're on the road in Detroit. Detroit's defense looked a lot better, held uh, Patrick Mahomes in check. So yeah, I'm not sure what you're going to get from the Seahawks. We're just going to be hopeful it's a little bit better here. But I, I think DK will be okay. But if you know, struggles like this, it's going to hurt the rest of the weapons and the running game
1: yeah for sure and uh, jumping into these running backs now we had a lot of uh, poor performances from those middle tier running backs we were drafting with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams Rashad White Antonio Gibson all pretty much did absolutely nothing for you out of those four guys who are you most worried about and and who do you have the most confidence will kind of bounce back
0: yeah, I think I'm more smart about Antonio Gibson because he had a fumble and that was it. And they took him out and Brian Robinson actually scored a receiving touchdown in the game. So I'm not sure Antonio Gibson is on the good side here of Eric enemy So I think he might be dead. I, I would say if I'm going to go next, DeAndre Swift, the usage was really poor. Beyond Kenneth Gainwell, they don't throw to the backs very often. there at all and only two targets for him in that game. So I'd say he's the next. Uh, I think Jamal Williams, we know it's temporary. It was a tough matchup here and that he'll bounce back I think against Carolina and then Rashad White also look I said he was a volume-based play remember that Michelle yeah. he was a volume-based play yes. in that game I mean Alexander Madison I will also say he didn't look all that great he was kind of saved by that receiving touchdown late if White had gotten something like that we were okay but your guy Sean Tucker what is he doing he was cutting into some key receiving work on Rashad White so I'm a little worried about him, but I think i most confident about Jamal Williams and uh, Najee Harris. He's just Najee Harris. Yes. And left to see. It's a tough matchup, though, this week against the Browns.
1: I know. Well, Najee, I mean, six carries. It was six carries the whole team. I mean, Warren had three carries. The running backs had nine total carries. Harris did play the majority of the snaps. It was against what the best rush defense in the NFL since the start of last season, but This Steelers offense was exactly what they looked like last year, which made me want to cry as a Steelers fan. They didn't look improved whatsoever. I don't know. I guess you keep throwing in Najee. Obviously, the carries have to go up, but that Steelers offense was putrid. And then talking about another Steelers player getting into wide receivers here, George Pickens seven targets, five receptions, 36 yards. He personally looked good whenever he got targeted, made some nice catches. But again, the Steelers often stunk. Deontay Johnson, though, does look like he's likely going to miss time because it looked like a pretty severe hamstring injury he suffered in that game. Picking should be good, right? Are we trusting this offense moving forward against any defense not named the 49ers?
0: Oh, man, I don't know. The preps look pretty darn good, and that's who's up next on uh, Monday night. So I'm a little concerned, for sure. I mean, it's the same old stuff for Matt Canada, unfortunately. I don't know if they're going to make a change midseason if this continues, but I think they have to at, at some point because you're just wasting these weapons. I mean, you can't just rely on Pat Freemuth to be a key target here. Now they have to probably have a bigger role for Allen Robinson here. So they got to figure something out here in a hurry because you don't want to go 0 and 2 Browns would then go to two and zero. You know the Ravens potentially could go two and zero this week. So you want you don't want to fall in that hole quickly. I, I think it's a very tough matchup for them this week, the way uh, their corners are playing in Cleveland. So. And a very deep secondary as well. So, if Deontay's not on the field, it might be easier to take George Pickens out of the game. I don't think Robinson is as spry as he once was, so a little bit concerned. Uh, would you be okay with them firing Matt Canada? In season I mean, eight? I wanted do them to
1: fire Matt Canada de- <laughs> before this season, yes. And uh, unfortunately, they're just they don't they're not going to fire him anytime soon. So, we're stuck with Matt Canada, stuck with this awful offense i still like george pickens moving forward especially now that he'll be the wide receiver one for a while uh two wide receivers that were in the same game both stunk it up for fantasy t higgins and amari cooper for the browns so the browns won right but it wasn't because watson looked great as a passer 154 passing yards for watson one passing touchdown cooper did get seven targets only came down with three receptions for 37 yards and then T Higgins on the other side, eight targets, zero receptions. That is wild. Absolutely wild. I'm not so worried about Higgins. I like to see that the targets were there, it was just a disaster of the game for the Bengals. But now this is a, we've seen Amari Cooper struggle with the Sean Watson now again, because he struggled with him at the end of last year, when Watson came back from suspension, he gets a nice matchup against the Steelers this week, but it's hard to trust Amari Cooper moving forward, at least consistency-wise, right?
0: Yeah, I did say that a matchup with Chidobi Wuzier had been difficult in the past for him. He disappeared in some games, and it kind of happened again here. What I was really surprised about, Deshaun Watson played poorly, so it didn't really unlock David Njoku or Don Peoples-Jones or Elijah Moore. I thought, okay, if Cooper's going to be bottled up, one of these other guys are going to do damage, but this Bengals secondary may be underrated as well, so it was just hard, and I'm not sure I trust a lot of the Browns' weapons at this point. because I don't think Watson played all that well. He was lucky to have that scrambling touchdown, had the other touchdown late. It was pretty much the Nick Chubb show, and that kind of helped them kind of win this game. Uh, they didn't have to do a lot, so we'll see. I don't see or anticipate the Brown steelers game being a scoring bonanza this week, and uh, the weather could uh, come into play on Monday night as well, so... Ugh. I'm not sure. I, I think it's Nick Chubb. And then maybe I need to wait and see on the rest of the Browns at this stage. And Higgins, I don't know how you get eight targets and not have a catch. And <laughs> I don't know. I think it will be okay. The Ravens secondary, not very good. Again, Nico Collins and Robert Woods and all those guys made a lot of plays against them. So I think get well game for them. But again, the Browns Steelers, uh, I, I just don't like that. I think there's going to be one high scoring game in the division and that's not going to be that one.
1: Yeah. And then D.J. Moore for the Bears, just two targets, two receptions. Uh, Justin Fields did not look great, right? He doesn't look like he really improved much at all. It was week one. There's still time. He's going to be fine as a fantasy player still because of the rushing ability. But 37 pass attempts and D.J. Moore only got two targets. That worries me. And then Kyle Pitts in that same game. Was it the same name? No, I'm getting confused here with Carolina. (laughs) But uh, Kyle Pitts for Atlanta, three targets, two receptions. Like he did ha- put up 44 yards, but Desmond Redder had just 18 pass attempts. Nine of them went to running backs, one went to himself. <laughs> so there's only eight pass attempts to go around to anyone else. So Drake London only had one target. Kyle Pitts has three targets. Are these guys, can you plug them into your lineup knowing that Atlanta's just going to run, 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 run?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, thing going forward. I mean, Arthur Smith, I think, said something about. Or is it Artie Smith? I can't tell with a mustache now, but he said something once again about not caring about our fantasy football teams. Great, great. I mean, so, but I care about their reality team a little bit. I mean, you have Drake London. Why did you draft him that high, the first receiver off the board? If you're not going to use him, why do you have Cal Pitts as a first round pick? If you're not going to use him, it's just disappointing. I think part of it is Desmond Ritter. They're hiding him. They don't want to admit it too much, and we might have to wait for some Taylor Heineken at some point to unlock these guys. And, uh, you know, look at the matchup, Green Bay coming up this week. And, look, it wasn't all that exciting for what we saw from the Bears' past target. So I don't know if it's going to get better here. They're going to probably try to run on Green Bay. That's what the Bears did, obviously, with Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson. So it could be more of the same. Atlanta is not going to put the ball in the air forward pass. They're going to keep it back in the 1920s maybe turn of the century here and they're going to keep it on the ground as much as they can with Arthur Smith. So just expect that and uh, it'll uh, play into some guy we might be buying here. And uh, One last guy I have to mention, I did uh, bang the table for him a little bit. This was very disappointing. I don't know what happened to Dallas Goddard. Uh, He just disappeared. I don't know if he got swallowed up by the weather there in New England. Did he go hide and go check out uh, Tom Brady's retirement ceremony? I'm not sure what you – God, but he just disappeared from the game plan. I think they could have used him. They kind of just uh, went through the motions and just tried to hold that lead. So I don't know what was going on. Devonta Smith at least came through, A.J. Brown as well. But, man, Dallas Goddard, I don't know. This is why he was an exciting pick. This was a perfect opportunity for him to get going and didn't happen. So we'll see what happens this week. Short week, uh, maybe they'll try to get him more involved on uh, Thursday night against the Vikings.
1: Yeah, I'm not really worried about it. The it, The Patriots were a top-notch team against tight ends last year. It was just, I think, a bad matchup. They utilized the wide receivers because it was a better matchup. He played 93% of the time. He'll get his targets moving forward.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, just don't panic on the talented guys. They're going to get the ball a lot in their offenses. So we'll look at some really talented guys who came through for us. If you uh, played them, good for you. If you didn't and you're looking to pick them up, also exciting there as well. So we'll break those down for your next segment. We totally top this episode Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And LinkedIn Jobs is the place uh, where you need to make sure that you can take care of your new potential hires. It can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's important uh, when you're working in a small business to have a tight knit team, a winning team, everyone that gets along. And it's the same thing that we've seen in the NFL there. And uh, we want uh, your small business to succeed as well. So it's very easy to build a job, there to uh, advertise on LinkedIn jobs. You just add it and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. Spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools such as screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small business rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one, delivering quality hires versus league competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, post your job for free, LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, we're moving on to some better news here. We got all the bad juju out of here, and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was bad, but that's another story here. We'll get into our quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers and tight ends, I should say tight end that we really liked in their performance, and, and what should we do going forward?
1: Yeah, so right off the bat here, I mean, Tua puts up a monster game, right? 466 yards, three touchdowns, quarterback one on the week. But this is the thing with Tua. You can start him any week because he can definitely put up these games. He did it last year, right? And then he kind of disappeared in other games. He's going to put up more huge weeks with Tyreek, but he's also going to not have games that are this great, right? He gets the Patriots, Broncos, and Bills over the next three weeks. I don't think he's going to do this against the Patriots next week, but like if you... If you have a as your fantasy quarterback, that's fine. Your boy, though, Jordan Love,
0: did yeah. really well.
1: 245 yards, three touchdowns. The Bears, I don't think, did their defense show up? Were they even out there, or was it just 11 on zero? Because that's what it looked like. Everyone was just wide open the entire time.
0: Yeah, there was no Christian Watson in that game. I mean... Two, I think it just comes down to him staying healthy. It is a trickier matchup this weekend against New England, but Jordan Love, what a story here. Romeo Dubs, we liked him. Love and Dubs. Romeo, that connection really heated up here. Two touchdowns between them that Aaron Jones, we said he was one of the safer picks in fantasy what a performance by him receiving and running. Um, unfortunately, A.J. Dillon disappeared in related to that. But Jordan Love really made good use of weapons. Luke Musgrave looked good. Jane Reed looked good. Even Samari Touré looked pretty good. So that's what I liked about him. Highest-rated quarterback of the week here in terms of efficiency. So, look, I don't know if it's a fluke going forward, but it is the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons are a scary matchup this week. If you want to nope. keep playing Jordan Love, you could do that. So uh, I feel bad because I had him on my bench and I played Joe Burrow. That was a mistake. But now I'm going to start love and love and maybe look at him a little bit more in these particular matchups. But another interesting guy, Mac Jones, he also finished as a QB1 this week. He had 316 passing yards and three TDs as well. So go figure, the Alabama quarterback that was the worst in fantasy this week was Jalen Hurts. 2 had Mac Jones looked a lot better than him in terms of putting up the numbers back in the same game. But are you buying Mac Jones? I think Jordan Love, we liked a little bit too. Uh, yeah, if he stays healthy, but Mac Jones?
1: Listen, next week, though, he does get the Dolphins defense. Not the worst thing ever for him, especially if the Dolphins are able to put up points. Mac Jones is going to have to throw the ball a lot. It, the issue with him is like his weapons are so meh. It's, like, it's yeah. hard to trust that he's going to keep doing this. He had one game with three pass touchdowns last year. It was week 18. So now technically he's had back-to-back <laughs> games with three passing touchdowns. Uh, so, But he gets a nice matchup next week. Maybe you consider throwing him in a DFS and see if it works out for you. But then the Jets and the Cowboys the two weeks after, which I doubt I'm going to trust him in either of those matchups.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm selling on Mac Jones. I just can't get excited about playing no, yeah. him. It's so deliberate. And it he's so he's much- got
1: to show me something a, a couple more weeks. Like At least show me another big performance next week. Maybe I'll start to get on board, but I'm not there yet.
0: No, I, I think there's a lot more to be seen here from Mac Jones before I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to put him in as a QB one at all. But how about Tyler Algier? We'll get into him a little bit more as a pickup here. He's actually available in a lot of leagues, surprisingly, yeah. but I actually drafted him as a high-end handcuff to Bijan Robinson. I had Bijan in the lineup, but I did not have him in the lineup. I was a bit disappointed. And that look, I know what the Falcons are going to do. And maybe we should have just not cared about Drake London and Kyle Pitts and said, hey, it's a two-man offense, but it's these two guys. And I, I don't know. I think it's a Arthur Smith adamant thing that I'm going to get Algier on the field. We're going to run this many times with this many guys. And it looks like they want to use Bijan as like that extra weapon more in the passing game as well. Maybe the way we thought Jameer Gibbs might be used a little bit more. So I I still think Bichon's role will keep growing as we go here. But I don't think all is going away, Michelle.
1: No, not anytime soon, I don't think. I do think Bijan will start, you know, snaps might increase a little bit, maybe some more goal line work, because that's what was most annoying, right? Algier is a good player, and you expected him to get some snaps. Bijan did play 65% of the snaps. Algier was at 54%. i am perfectly fine with Bijan at 65%, right? Like That's good yeah. enough for him. He's so talented, and he he got work, and he looked really good, and he scored a lot of fantasy points as well. But with Algier, he got all four carries inside the ten yard line that the Falcons had, and then he scored the two rushing touchdowns. That's a bit annoying for Bijan Robinson managers, right? But Tyler Algier and uh, Bijan Robinson are both, I-, I think, solid plays. With Bijan being a great play every week, and I think Algier is going to keep putting up solid numbers and getting opportunities in this offense that just wants to run, 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 run. So I think both of these guys are are, are good plays moving forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely looks that way. And again, if they're not going to put the ball up unless they have to, then uh, again, they're probably hiding Desmond Ritter to some degree here as well. So that's going to be great, great offensive line. I think they'll run into some better matchups. And the Packers, again, didn't show that they were dominant against the Bears with that duo. Kind of like similar offenses here, the Bears and Falcons, except that I think the Bears have the better running quarterback and the Falcons have the better running running backs here. So yeah. Kyron Williams, however, what a story here. 15 carries, 52 yards. He scores twice. What an atrocious line for Cam Akers. 22 carries, 29 yards. And he got away with a touchdown late. He was definitely operating behind Kyron Williams here. So leave it to Sean McVay. He's going to do that with us. Listen, we had
1: right. we we liked Cam Akers this week because we thought they're going to run yeah. the ball a lot to stay in this game. And guess what? Cam Akers had twenty. If you told me Cam Akers had twenty-two <laughs> carries against the Seahawks and put up twenty-nine yards, one point three yards per carry, like ooh, brutal. Kyron Williams did play sixty-seven percent of the snaps. To Akers, only thirty-three percent. It's not like Kyron Williams had a fantastic game though either. Like fifty-two yards and 50, yeah. 52 carries. It's not great, uh, but he did score two either, So.
0: I mean, there was no, it was all 40 carries right between those guys and Matthew Stafford. So they weren't even involved as receivers. It's very hard to get production that way. And basically if they didn't have the touchdowns, we would be talking about either of those guys. But yeah, interesting there for sure. So I, I, I don't know, but I think maybe we found something more for real. I'm not buying Kyron Williams or Cam Akers, but I think I might be buying Puka Nakua Mm -hmm. 15 targets. That's not fluky. Caught 10 for 119, actually the same yardage roll of 2-2 at well, who had eight targets, and caught six here. So they operated as the one and two receivers, finally. Van Jefferson underachieving, Ben Skoranek underachieving, no Cooper Cup. I like it. The Rams are the anti-Falcons, right? Sean McVay says... I want to involve these two guys. These are the most talented guys I have available to me at this juncture. I've seen Ben Jefferson. He's an inconsistent deep threat. I've seen Ben Skoranek. He's slow, a glorified tight end. I've seen Tyler Higbee. He's okay, but he's getting older. I want to get these receivers involved. So I don't think is going away. I think Atwell might be a little bit fluky based on this matchup and uh, the usage of the other guys. But Puka Nakua looks really special. And, again, you don't get that many targets by accident as a rookie in your first game.
1: Yeah. If he's on waivers, he is definitely a top priority. I will say though, like, I don't know if I'm willing to plug him in next week though. Right. I was already nervous about plugging him in week one. I said, keep him on your bench if you did have him. but again, next week against the 49ers. I don't know if the Rams offensive line will be able to hold up. We'll see what happens. They, maybe the Steelers just suck that bad. And you know, everybody else will be okay against the 49ers. Who knows? But Nakua had 40% of the Rams team targets in week one. And we know Cooper Cup is at least missing three more games, maybe more than that. We don't know when he's coming back. So uh, that was really cool to see from that fifth-round rookie. Jacoby, two of your guys. So you, yeah. you did really well. It's Brandon Ayuk and Jacoby Myers. Both went off this week. Well, I didn't Brandon have Brandon
0: Ayuk on the good side, so that's unfortunate. So I went one oh. for one there, or one for two.
1: He had eight targets, 129 yards, two touchdowns. He was always open. It led the yeah. team in targets, and he was just always – always open really great to see and Myers apparently uh Jimmy Garoppolo really likes him 10 targets yep. nearly 40 percent of the Raiders team targets uh he did only come down with 81 yards like that's nine receptions 81 yards isn't fantastic but then he came down with the two touchdowns listen Jacoby Myers if Jimmy Garoppolo's gonna love you then sure he did get like uh hit real hard though and kind of look out of it so yeah, I don't know he'll uh, be yeah, back concussion
0: protocol yeah. That might be coming up this week, so we'll watch that for sure. He had to come out late, so watch out. But I think Myers was just a good spot. He knows the offense. Jim Garoppolo likes to throw to that type of receiver. Interesting note here that uh, Hunter Renfro hardly played. He was not on the field. They used a lot of two-receiver, two tight end sets with uh, Austin Hooper. Michael Mayer and guess who the two wide receivers were Devonte Adams had a big game pretty good game as well even though Myers uh, had the two touchdowns and the more receiving yards he was still pretty good he wasn't a slouch in a tough matchup against Pat Sertain so it's these two guys they're going to get targeted a ton and how about the Raiders winning that game so yeah. he's going to get involved quite a bit here and Brandon right brand I will say I'm sorry about this I did see Patrick Peterson glued to him so I was right on that but I think he caught a touchdown while Patrick Peterson was trying to push him down to the ground. So maybe Brandon Ayuk is just good. And maybe this is why I was a little bit worried about Debo that Brock Purdy seems to have eyes for Ayuk in these big high leverage situations. So I love the Purdy Ayuk right now. That's going to be a stack that we're going to look at in fantasy, maybe even this week against the Rams. So a lot of exciting stuff there. And uh, Michelle, I will have to hand it to you that you gave me the Jacoby Myers credit I'm going to give you the Hunter Henry credit because I think he's back. He looked really good. And a big reason why Mac Jones was very productive beyond Kendrick Bourne having a couple scores.
1: Yeah, sadly, Hunter Henry is the tight end one on the week uh, entering Monday Night Football with 14.1 half-point pe- uh, league. So um, not yeah. not like the most exciting game ever, but I think he showed that Mac Jones, he's one of Mac Jones' favorite targets. He's going to be utilized in the end zone. And I like Hunter Henry moving forward. I think he's just a, a guy you can plug in. And it might be come down to you know that touchdown or not, but I think he has a good chance of scoring a touchdown in any given game.
0: Yeah, it looks like he's back to the 2021 form kind of the way that Mac Jones trusts him and a little bit is uh, maybe freed and no more having to f- think about Jonu Smith or other tight ends, uh, Mike Gusecki there, but I figured Hunter Henry was going to be the guy and that definitely was the case. So good to see there and definitely a pickup. He's available in some leagues as well. We'll get into some pickups there, Michelle, in our next uh, segment. We'll pick two each. Is that right?
1: Yes. And, uh, we both have two running backs, so we're just going to give you a close look ahead at waiver wire. We'll get way more into the waiver wire tomorrow. Uh, before we jump into our running backs that we're prioritizing on the waiver wire this week, let's talk about FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. If you play fantasy football and you're not watching the games on NFL Sunday ticket, you are missing out. I'm telling you. So this is a great offer here. Just bet $5 and you'll get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on and you'll get $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed, or if you bet $5, sorry, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Vinny, who are two guys that you're looking uh, most uh, most heavily for on the waiver wire this week?
0: Yeah, there's some help at running back, and running back is a position that you should focus in on most. I know we've talked about some guys, maybe Myers, Nakua, these guys, Atwell, there might be available in your leagues there as well. and You can look at some of those guys for wide receiver help, but my two running backs here, uh, we know J.K. Dobbins went down with a torn Achilles, so really Big bummer there. He could have had a big game against the Texans, and sadly he's not going to have a chance to carry the load for this Baltimore offense yet again. So another major injury for J.K. Dobbins. So opens the door for Justice Hill. I know Gus Edwards is there, but Hill got the couple – Red zone looks. He's also the key receiver. He's the better receiver of those two backs, and he's going to be involved there if this is going to be a little bit more of an open pass game. I do like Gus Edwards as a shot as well. You might look at him as standard leagues because I think they'll give him some work. But Justice Hill was kind of the guy in the committee with Dobbins until Dobbins got hurt and they had to put in Edwards. So he was working ahead of Edwards already. I think they love him. He had a great uh, preseason here. He'd been a special teams guy. So it could be a story, kind of, I'm going to say how Raheem Mostert had to be necessary for the 49ers. Like he was on the roster for a while, and all of a sudden, Hey, we need you. Everyone's getting hurt here. Come in and play. And he was just such a valuable special teamer. And we know that Mostert's still going strong here. So Justice Hill is a nice story and finally getting his opportunity here. So I like that as a target. If he's lost Dobbins, especially another way you can look at it is Kenneth Gainwell. We talked about him being the best value, the way things were trending in the Eagles preseason. Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch here. DeAndre Swift was hardly used to the other back that got touches was Boston Scott. So there was nothing. Kenneth Gainwell came out like nuts here and had all the key receptions and the key work in the running game as well. So we'll see if this holds up. It is a matchup against the Vikings this week and we'll see. I mean, they actually held up pretty well against the Bucks in week one, but again, Gainwell, if he's going to get that type of volume for the Eagles offense, He's absolutely not just a pickup here, but a plug and play until further notice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was I was happy about Kenneth Gainwell's usage, right? And like, it's better than having all of those Eagles running backs getting touches. It does stink that DeAndre Swift got what one carry. Uh, it wasn't great. Um, so at least we know now, Kenneth Gainwell. Is the guy that you would want to roster and play if you're going to play an Eagles running back? My two running backs I'm looking to pick up this week: Tyler Algier, which we've already talked about, but I think he is like he's not just a handcuff to Bijan Robinson. I think he's playable each week. I don't think he's going to keep putting up this massive of production and getting all the goal line carries, but I still think he's going to be a solid producer moving forward. So I like to pick up Tyler Algier here, and I think he's a startable guy. And then Zach Moss of the Colts. He didn't play week one he's still coming back from that forearm injury but they said he should be back by week two he was almost back by week one so i think he just needs this one more week they get the texans next week so a great matchup for running backs and the colts the colts running backs last week were it was really just deon jackson he was the only guy that really had any carries he led the team with 13 carries for 14 yards he averaged one point yard per carry he had a disastrous game five receptions so he was getting all this usage 14 receiving yards on five receptions. And he also lost two fumbles. He could not have had a worse game. So I think Zach Moss comes in and they're going sure. to give him every opportunity to, to prove that he's better than Deion Jackson, which at this point could, cannot be that hard. They didn't trust the rookie Evan Hall to do anything. They only gave him one carry, even though Deion Jackson was terrible. So, I I think this is Zach Moss's backfield until Jonathan Taylor gets back. Who knows when that is, if it's ever, right? We don't know. So, I think he's a priority pickup, especially with such a good matchup next week. They clearly want to lean on one guy, and clearly that guy cannot be Deion Jackson.
0: Yeah, we'll just have to see how healthy Zach Moss is. But, yeah, I mean, might as well take a shot. And they were high on him, remember? Uh, For most of it, they were hoping he would be healthy for this game, and he was not. So, Yeah, that's a good call. And we'll definitely have a few more running backs, definitely wide receivers, tight ends, uh, even some quarterback help uh, for you streamers as well. So a lot of that will come on today's show. So thanks for making Locked on uh, Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, again, we will look in depth at the waiver wire. So we'll work across positions here a running back and wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, and some streaming defenses that you can also look at there to help you in week two and beyond. So, good stuff all week, and then we'll get into our rankings Wednesday and Thursday, and look at DFS and other news and notes that we need there on Friday. So, this is what we do. This is a progressive of the week called Locked On Fantasy Football. So excited that you're joining us again. We'll be your destination. To become the smartest fantasy football the league. Part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. For locked on fantasy football, this has been
1: Vinny Iyer, and I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.